Welcome to the Minister's Mantle Teaching Library of Pastor Jay Everly. This message is designed to impart a spirit of faith into your spirit and prepare you to flow skillfully with the ministry mantle God has for you in these end times. Here's Pastor Jay. Now, uh, you can go to Romans chapter number 11 to begin with this morning. We're going to start there. But I'll say this. Uh, we're talking to, uh, in this conference, we're ministering to those that uh, particularly those that have the call to the fivefold ministry, at least that's what we're ministering about. And those fivefold ministry lists are, uh, I mean, uh, ministries are listed in Ephesians chapter number five. You remember, the Bible said God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, then, uh, I mean, uh, uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, excuse me, then pastors and teachers. That's five different listings of ministries. Now, those are people that are uh, called to the fivefold ministry. In other words, those are people that are called to separate themselves from, you know, secular things, secular work, secular employment, and give themselves to teaching and preaching the Word. Every one of those fivefold ministry offices that we just mentioned there in that verse, Ephesians 5, what is that, verse 11, somewhere in there? Uh, huh? uh, those, lists, those are all fivefold teaching and preaching ministries. Amen. So if you're one of these five-fold ministry offices, you are either a teacher and or a preacher. Amen. Brother Hagin said, whenever he's just a little tyke. He said he'd come up, he'd come up to his relatives and he'd say, I a preacher. I a preacher. And he's trying to say, I'm a preacher. He knew, his spirit knew from a young age he was called to the ministry. Amen. And if you don't know it, don't bother about it. Somebody said, well, I just don't know. I personally don't know how to relate to that. I mean, if it's just, if you're called, it's in you. It's a part of, it's a part of your inward man yeah. as much as you, your hands and your feet are a part of your outward man. That's right. You just know it. That's right. Amen. 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 You know, most likely, most people say, I just don't know if I'm called or not. Most likely, they're not. I didn't say for sure. I said most likely. But anyway, these are, there is a divine call to the fivefold ministry. You don't go into it because grandma said you should or a pastor prophesied to you. Absolutely the truth. You better have it on the inside from the Holy Ghost. You better settle it between you and God. Because if you don't settle between you and God, and you just do it because somebody else said to go into the ministry, then when the hard times come, you're just going to reach down in, inside for something to sustain you. And just to, you're going to come up with a fistful of nothing. That's right. Amen. Amen. You have to have an inward conviction. And that call will do that. And we'll talk about that. But anyway, these calls, what we're talking about, of course, there's calls to other things. I don't, I don't dispute that. But we're talking about the call to the fivefold ministry. And I'm convinced that all these fivefold ministry offices listed in Ephesians 5 are, are, are teaching and preaching ministries. In other words, that's what they're going to give themselves to. Now, there are those in the body of Christ that are, that are called to uh, help another one of these five-fold offices in the local church. They might work a job, but then teach a class in the church or something of that in nature, you know, like we got to get a grip and so forth and so on. Some of those are called, some maybe not. I'm talking about to a full-time five-fold ministry. But yet they're helping somebody else. So we'll, we'll address all these things so it's all clear to you. But, but basically, what I'm talking about is the call to the five-fold ministry offices. Amen. And so if you're called to the five-fold ministry offices, you've got to put that you got to put that, the teaching and preaching part of that ministry first. Jesus did. The Bible said in Matthew 4, Matthew 9, Matthew 4, 23, and Matthew 9, 35, says that Jesus went about all the cities and villages. This is his ministry in a nutshell. I'm talking about his earthly ministry. Teaching in their synagogues. Everybody say teaching. teaching. 
Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Say preaching. preaching. And healing all manner of sickness and all that. See, the healing part was, uh, was uh, the flow of the Holy Ghost in another area other than teaching and preaching. Yes, sir. Amen. Now, the anointing is on a person if they're called to teach and preach. The anointing's on them to do that. Yes. Otherwise, they stand up and just give a nice talk. Nobody's right. blessed. Right. Yeah, Amen. Amen. But when you're divinely inspired of the Holy Ghost to be able to teach or to preach, yes. that's an indication of a divine call. I said, that's an, don't miss that. That's an indication of a divine call. You know, if people aren't getting anything out of it, maybe you should, find, maybe you should go pray and figure out whether you're called or not. If nobody's life has changed, you know. But anyway, uh, no, no you got to put that, if you're called to the five-fold ministry, and we'll talk about that call this morning, but then you'll, you'll have a teaching or a preaching ministry. Now, uh, you've got to put that before uh, you're flowing in the Holy Ghost ministry, whether it be healing or prophesying or, or the, the gifts of the Spirit, seeing and knowing, revelation gifts, because Jesus put it first. He put teaching and preaching first. Both those verses we just quoted put teaching and preaching first. Amen. Amen. So we're talking about a call to the five-fold ministry office, <coughs> offices, and it includes teaching and or preaching. Now, uh, you know, uh, nobody has a ministry of just flowing in the Holy Ghost. If you're called to the five-fold ministry, you have a teaching and or a preaching ministry. Some teachers, some preachers, some teachers and preachers. It's error, of course, uh, and you'll get in a ditch if you just try to flow in the Holy Ghost without teaching and preaching. Amen. The Bible said He sent them forth everywhere, and they went everywhere preaching the, preaching the Word. The Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. And so you're a teacher and or a preacher, maybe both, maybe one or the other. But yet right on the other hand, uh, there is a ditch on the other side. You don't want to get rutted in teaching and preaching and never move with the Holy Ghost. Amen. My, my point is, if you're called to the ministry, you're going to have to develop the five-fold teaching and or preaching anointing. Because that, that anointing is going to go with that. If you're faithful, you'll develop that. Can you say Amen. And uh, if not, you don't have a ministry. Amen. Put the teaching and the preaching first. Preaching will bring people to a place of inspiration. Teaching will uh, bring people to a place of understanding. Amen. Teachers explain, preachers proclaim. You understand that? So you've got to develop that, either one of those or maybe both of them. Amen, if you're called to the five-fold ministry. Now back here in uh, Romans chapter 1, excuse me, Romans chapter 11, verse 29. Do you see it there? Verse 29, it says, The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Say that out loud. Amen. The calling, gifts and calling of God. Notice he puts those two together. If you're called, you'll have a gifting. One of the giftings will be teaching and preaching like we just said. And or preaching. So uh, the gifts and calling of God. What does that mean without repentance? That means God's not going to change his mind. It also means you're going to stand before the Lord and give an account for it. Even if you never did anything with it. Amen. 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 It'll get you in trouble, not just at the throne of grace, but down here in this life, if you have a call to something and don't want to fulfill it. Yes. 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 
It'll get you in trouble. It could. Remember, Jesus told Brother Hagin, uh, many of my ministers live and die and never even get in the first phase. And then uh, the ministry that I have for them. Now, they might be doing something, but not what he originally, not what God actually intended for them to do. And never, never get in the first phase of the ministry I have for them. And then he said, for this reason, many are weak and sickly and die prematurely. And some die prematurely, he said. Well, amen. amen. Yeah, but I don't want to do anything. I don't want to go into the ministry. I'll tell you what your problem is. Your image of the ministry came from Hollywood rather than from the Bible. Amen. Hollywood, listen, Hollywood makes, it puts preachers on TV and sitcoms and stuff, you know, and it'll make them weak. It'll make them perverted. Amen. It'll make them weird. It'll make them broke, don't have anything. Or maybe unconsecrated, yeah. compromising, yeah. or something of that. You know, nobody, everybody makes fun of them. Yeah. Come on, sir. Amen. 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 That's not the image of the Bible. The image of the Bible is a bold, strong, anointed, blessed uh, uh, office. And you don't have to be weird about it. Tell your neighbor, Pastor's all right. He's not weird, you know. He's called to the ministry. Amen. You don't have to be weird. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Look at these guys. These guys ain't weird. I think they're pretty cool. Don't you think they're pretty cool? Yeah. So don't get your image of ministry from Hollywood. Amen. It's an honor to be called into the ministry. Amen. But uh, the gifts and calling God without repentance. Now, Romans uh, 11, verse number 8. I mean, it's not Romans, uh, Hebrews. Excuse me, Hebrews 11, 8. Now, I, I won't turn there, but you'll remember it. Hebrews 11, 8 talks about Abraham's call. And Abraham, there in Hebrews 11, 8, it says, Abraham, uh, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, listen, called to go out into a uh, land which he should after receive for an inheritance, he obeyed. Right. Now notice what a call does. It takes you out of something and into something. Yes, come on. Amen. Amen. A divine call is a divine summons. It is a, a divine commission to an assignment that comes from God. Amen. It is a separation from uh, your plans. Somebody said, out of what into what? Well, out of your plans into God's plans for your life. Amen. It might be out of your mess into having a message. Amen. It might be out of secular employment into full-time five-fold ministry where your employment's in the ministry. Amen. It might be uh, to get out of your plans into His plans. It is out of earthly work into heavenly work. The Bible calls the call a heavenly calling. Let me go over some verses about that. Would that be all right? Some verses about the heavenly calling. Now, first of all, we have the Bible talks about Paul, talks about his calling in the book of Acts, chapter number uh, 26, I believe it is. I'm looking for my notes here, uh, where it talks about Paul's calling. And he said that uh, it was a heavenly calling or a heavenly vision. Paul said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision in Acts 26, 19. Notice it is a heavenly call. This is not an earthly thing. It's not something you take an aptitude test and find out what your aptitude is for, and then you say, I'm going to go into this. It's a heavenly calling. It comes from heaven. It's spiritual, not natural. 
Now, people respond to spiritual things in the natural, and they end up going into natural uh, things to try to help people. Social work. Amen. Maybe psychology. Y'all out there, you're going home. They respond naturally out of the unrenewed mind to a call that was from the spirit realm. You know, there's people sitting here that once they got their mind renewed, they realize, wait a minute, I was going into medicine, but really the call is for divine healing. Now, are you saying that people shouldn't go into medicine? I didn't say that. I believe there's people God uses in that area. But I'm talking about a call to heavenly ministry. I'm called talking about something of the spirit, not something that's learned of the mind. Amen. That's right. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So uh, it is a heavenly calling. It says in the book of Hebrews 3, 1, that, uh, th- that it is a heavenly calling. We're partakers of the heavenly calling. Philippians 3, 14. You can just write these. I'm going to give you a lot of verses. These are, these are ministers' meetings, so we're going to just preach to you, and you're going to uh, get a lot coming at you, you know. But uh, we've said there, Philippians 4, th- uh, 3.14, it says there, Paul's talking about, uh, you know, uh, I forgot those things which are behind, reaching for those things which are ahead. I press toward the mark for the prize, now notice, of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The high calling. Calling. What is a calling? It's a summons. It's a summons. It's, it, God's call to, to Paul said he was, uh, Paul in responding to that call, I should say, said he was pressing toward the high calling. It's a calling from on high. It's a calling from heaven. It's a calling to the spirit realm, not to your intellect. Amen. That means when you're called, that means that there's something that the power of God now is working in you effectually to do for God. Because who he calls, he equips. Who he calls, he anoints. He enables those whom He calls. He doesn't call the sufficient. He makes the called sufficient. Do you get that? It's not something that you have natural ability to do. It's, it's, it's the spiritual element of your life. Amen. And so uh, He said, uh, there's something in you that will work effectually. This call will be the supernatural element of your life. Many who don't grow enough spiritually interpret it naturally. And they'll go into something like psychology, social work, politics, or medical science. Listen to me. I'm preaching better than your amen this morning. You got to understand. Now, I'm not saying everybody, but I'm saying some people. They want to help people. They want to. But see, really, they're responding in the natural so many times to something that's in their spirit. It's a, it's a heavenly thing, not a natural thing. Now, I say again, I don't mean that there aren't people that are supposed to be in politics. There aren't people that God calls to be in these other areas, doctors and so forth. But I'm just simply saying, don't confuse a call to the ministry for that. Amen. Now, it's a heavenly calling. It originated in heaven and is not an earthly calling to something natural. It's supernatural, not natural. Amen. You can't do it on your own power or might. You are not sufficient in yourself. He makes you sufficient through the power and anointing that's on that call. You're not the source of the call, but you are the steward of it. And what you do with it determines if you ever fulfill it or not. You see, the call doesn't qualify you, actually, to fulfill the ministry. It's it's, It's what you do with it. We'll get into that later. So you must exercise faith to stand in that call and operate in it. But, uh, and so, but anyway, the Bible says, we were back here in uh, Romans 11, 
Verse number 29, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Now, Jeremiah 1, 4, uh, Jeremiah 1, 4 uh, is uh, a verse that I've always liked. Let's go over there and read that. I think it's important because we'll be referring to this a number of times in this conference. God called Jeremiah to the office of the prophet. And, and we have record of his call. In fact, to be honest with you, we have record of many, or I should say even most, of those who were mightily used in the Bible. We have record of their divine call. Amen. We have record. God saw fit to record their divine call. The fact that there is a distinctive call to the ministry uh, is important for us to understand. Like I said, you don't go into it because you just, you know, took an aptitude test or you thought, I'd like to do that. No, you must understand there's a divine call to it. That... Uh, we know from the, uh, this that, that it's important that you understand there's a divine call from the fact that God saw fit to record most ministers in the gospel their divine call. Yes. Amen. 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 Uh, and most of His servants who are mightily used in the Bible, we have record of that. Each of their experiences were different. Yes. Amen. Amen. Uh, some were more dramatic than others. Uh, but yet, I, right, right on the other hand, the, the method that God calls is not what's important. Fulfilling it is what is important. And you and I must fulfill what God's called us to do. If, I mean, whatever that might be, because there are other things other than fivefold ministry. But yet, right on the other hand, uh, if the method were important in the Bible, then uh, the Bible would emphasize methods, but it doesn't. You understand? The Bible does, however, emphasize obedience. The important thing is that each of us be obedient to the call and do what God's told us to do. Yes. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Now, the, uh, the divine call is recorded of Samuel and of Elisha, King Saul, David, Gehazi, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Moses, John Mark, Paul, Paul and Barnabas, Timothy, the twelve disciples, and more and on and on and on and on. Their divine call is listed every single time. These are the mightiest people used in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So uh, why does God see fit for, to record all of these people's calls? And, uh, and uh, maybe it doesn't emphasize the method, but it does record that they were called. Because God wants us to understand that there is a divine call. Amen. It's not just something people decided to do. They had an encounter with heaven. Amen. Some of them had a vision, but not all of them. Some of them were prophesied to, but not all of them. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? Jeremiah's call is recorded here in Jeremiah 1. Look at what it says here. Verse 4. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying... The word of the Lord came unto me, saying... Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. That's God giving Jeremiah a divine call or talking to him about his divine call. Amen. 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 And so he said, I want you to see this, verse 4. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying. Now, the Bible tells us in Romans, Paul said this in Romans 1, 1, talking about his call. He said, Paul, an apostle, by the command of God. Yes. By the command of God. In other words, Paul, we know his story. On the road to Damascus, go, you know, who art thou, Lord? 
I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. Go into the city and it'll be told thee what thou must do. And God sent a man to, uh, what was his name? Ananias, I believe. Uh, sent a man to talk to him about his divine call. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. You remember God sent that man. He said to him, you know, uh, you're sent to the Gentiles and the kings and so forth and so on. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Amen. And it wasn't a suggestion. It was a, it was a commandment, he said. How does the call come? It comes according to the way Jeremiah said it here. It comes by the word of the Lord. It comes by God speaking to you. Amen. Amen. And it says, I, he said, before I formed thee in a belly, I knew thee and I ordained thee and sanctified thee a prophet. In other words, sanctified means to separate, set, set apart, separate. And when I was preparing for this conference, I got three words. The Lord gave me three words. And that's what we're going to talk on. Uh, called, separated, and anointed. Called, separated, and anointed. Amen. And there is a divine call, but then you must separate yourself unto it, and as you do, the anointing will come on yes, you. Amen. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's what I'm going to be talking about. Pastor Debbie can do what she has in her heart, but this is what I'm going to be talking about. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen. Tell your neighbor there is a divine call. As you respond to the call and prepare yourself to fulfill it, God will set open doors of utterance and opportunities for promotion before you. Amen. As you prepare yourself, part of preparing is sitting under somebody else that helps recognize that call, give you opportunities. But as we prepare ourselves, see open doors of utterance. Uh, and for me, that was in healing school. I, I gave myself to my call. I mean, we were out on the road preaching full time, but what was it, 24 years of age or something like that. So I don't have the exact date there. But uh, we were in our 20s. I know we were in our 20s. Full-time, five-fold pulpit ministry, traveling all over the United States and Canada in our 20s. Somebody said, how on earth did that come to pass by the time you were out of your 20s? Well, I didn't lollygag. When I got baptized in the Holy... Well, let me go back to... Uh, when I go, well, let's go back further. Let's go back to, uh, I say, eight years old. I'm estimating. I didn't keep a diary back then, you understand? But God spoke to me in a dream. said, go tell my people I'm coming soon. Later, he said, tell them to get ready. Tell my people to come see. So that's a divine call. And what that did, that, that, that marked me. That kind of that made me, a, it changed me, to be honest with you. From that time on, you can ask my parents, I was a bit of a loner from that time on. I don't mean loner like, you know, some people think of it. But I mean, I, I like to be alone. I like to run the woods with my dog. I like to just be quiet. From that time on, it changed me. I wanted to be in a place where I was aware of what God was trying to say to me. But then I got away in my teenage years. I got away from it, and I totally forgot about that visitation. And, uh, but when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost at 15 years old, got back into fellowship with God, uh, I, I, I went all out. I said, this is it. I'm going all out. And I set myself full force to study the Word, prepare the Word, get my mind renewed. And there seemed like a divine tug on my yes. spirit for the Word. And I had to have the Word. Yes. And I just followed that, followed that. Yes. And, it, and, and I told you about how that uh, uh, even though I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and, and, and started consecrating to God, uh, I, I forgot about that, uh, that experience at eight years old. I forgot about that. But yet right on the other hand, the call, as soon as I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, got back in fellowship with God, yes. the call came rushing back in yes. on me. Yes. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. And it, it just rose up in my spirit. I knew I had to serve God. I knew I was called to preach. Amen. Even though I had forgotten about the experience at eight years old. Right. But that was a divine pull. I had to learn the Bible. I had to, I had to prepare for what God had for me, even though I, in my mind, didn't understand it all. 
So uh, I went full force. And I, I told you about how that a friend of mine I was talking to, my, uh, one, of, one of my friends. Actually, she's one of the gr girls that was in a grade ahead of me that helped get me filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, I don't know, it was a few weeks later, whatever it was. Maybe, uh, maybe a few months later, I don't recall. But I asked her, so after, because she was getting ready to graduate. She's a year ahead of me. Uh, and I asked her, what are you going to do, you know, after you graduate? She said, no, I never heard of this term. But she said, I'm going to Rhema Bible Training Center. I never heard of that. I grew up in the Mennonite church. Yeah. Amen. We didn't, we didn't know Brother Hagin or hear about him. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So we, uh, when, and she said, Rainbow Bible Training. And as soon as she said that, something on the inside went and clicked in. I say it went like a cog in the gear. The yeah. Lord later said that was whenever you're, you finally engaged my plan for your life. Amen. Like, a, yeah, like a, a car being put into gear. Now it can move forward. Yeah. Hallelujah. As soon as she said Raymond Bible Training Center, I'd never heard of it, never heard of Brother Hagin, never read any of his books. Yes, I'd only read Smith Wigglesworth and, and Dr. Summerall books. Yes, sir. Amen. And uh, my Amplified Bible. I'd given, been given an Amplified Bible, just feasting on it. I'd find my, my mom would find me up there. I was supposed to be doing chores. My mom would find me up in my bedroom reading my Bible. Amen. I'd sometimes, because one, one of the places, there's a few bedrooms I had through the years, but one of the bedrooms had a stairway up into the attic. And in order to hide from everybody, I'd go up into the attic and take my Bible up there. Because I just had some divine urge, some divine draw toward the things of God. And uh, so I just decided to go all out. And uh, whenever I heard Rhema, I knew I was going to Rhema. I just knew it like I knew my name. Amen. That was that call. And so I, I, and I sensed that it was like somebody out in Tulsa had a rope around my waist and was pulling on it. And I just had to go. I had to go. And nobody supported me. One brother finally did, but nobody really was supporting me. So I took $500, last money I had, and my, my uh, Toyota Celica, 1981 powder blue Toyota Celica, hatchback, and filled it full of all my earthly belongings and some of the things mom gave me, and I headed it over the mountains. Heading for the call. Going to fulfill that call. Hallelujah. See, if you really got it, you'll do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. That's right. Yeah, but my mama won't, 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 won't support me. My daddy thinks I'm nuts. Well, go for it anyhow. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I just go ahead and follow it. I, and I'd be honest with you, I forgot all about the experience at eight years old until years later. Actually, is it during Rhema or at the end or somewhere after Rhema that the Lord started reminding me. Remember at eight years old, I, I, I spoke to you and I said, oh yeah. But see, I wasn't follow, I wasn't just acting on some experience. I was following the inner witness. The summons, the call of God will put a summons in your spirit and it'll tug you towards certain things. That's right, amen. And your mind sometimes won't understand it. But you don't have to understand it. The call's not to your head. The call's to your heart. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, so uh, there's a summons to a destiny. That's what a call is. A summons to a destiny in God. God calls and God anoints. He uses other men to separate and send. According to Acts 13. Remember? God said to the... I guess it was a word of prophecy came out and said in Acts 13, there were some ministers praying and the word of prophecy was, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. They already had the call, That's right. but God said to some men, you separate them and, and send them out. Amen. So God calls, God anoints, but he'll use men to separate and send you out. Amen. Yes. If you're not submitted and faithful to other men, yeah. you might not ever fulfill that call. God will even use men to impart anointings if He chooses to. He can do it without that, but He can, but he can do it through being connected right. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. But anyhow, we, we are, where are you? Are you in Jeremiah? 
So it's by the word of the Lord. Amen. That's how that call came to me. It came by the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. And God gave me opportunities. He opened the door for me uh, because if you're faithful, He will open doors for you. If you're faithful to prepare. What do you mean, faith? I can't be faithful to the call if I'm not in the ministry yet. Well, you remember Paul said, 1 Timothy 1.12, he said, God counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. There was a faithfulness he had to exercise before he even got into the ministry. I'll be honest with you, young people. If you don't do what's necessary to grow spiritually, develop your spirit, renew your mind, separate yourself from the fleshly you know, relationships and activities that that carnal people out there want to be so involved in, there'll be some things you'll never, ever, God will never even speak to you about. Now, maybe there's not a call on your life to five-fold ministry, so, and that's fine too. But yet, even if, if you don't grow spiritually enough, even if you're not called, there's some things God won't even uh, talk to you about. It's like a child. You don't talk to a three-year-old about the same things you talk to a 17-year-old about. No, sir. They don't understand it. No, they, they'll misinterpret it. That's you remember what Paul said when I was a child? I thought like a child. God talked to me like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So the first phase of uh, five-fold ministry is growing up. <laughs> growing up. Paul said he, was, he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. There's a preparation phase. Yes. Right. Amen. Amen. Even if you have a call and you don't prepare yourself, you'll never even get into the ministry. That's, right. That's why I was put into the ministry. Uh, God separated me into the ministry in my 20s because I gave myself to it. Yes. Nothing wrong with sports. Don't misunderstand me. I, I enjoy some things myself. But the point is, I, they had sports teams at Ramah, and I just, I, I, I'd, I'd go to sign up and it's like, no, I, I got something in my heart I got to i got to pray about it. I can't take that evening every week, you know. And so I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. You understand? You, you, you gotta, everybody has to walk it out between them and God. Amen. 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 Don't let somebody else, you know, uh, uh, you know, condemn you and so forth and so on. But, brother, I'm just talking about how God led me. And that's why I was, <clears throat> that's why I'm not dilly-dallying. That's why I'm progressing. I'm not just in the preparation phase. I'm not just in the first phase. And I'm not just in the second phase. I'm at the end of the second phase going into the third phase. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. Some people live and die and never get out of the preparation phase because they never grow up. Well, but if you'll grow up, God will open doors. Jesus said, I open doors no man can shut. In the book of Revelation, I said in the book of Revelation, he said, I open doors no man can shut. Praise God. So he'll open doors of opportunity and promotion and utterance where you can begin to teach and preach. That door for me was in healing school. Amen. No man opened that door. Dear God, if you'd have told me just a few months before I was going to be preaching there, I'd have run, tuck tail, and hide. This is where Brother Hagin preached. Amen. Healing school. Worldwide known. People coming from all over the world. And they go in and say, you got it today. I'm like, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, sir. But see, that was a door. Amen. Yes, sir. That was a door. Why? I had prepared myself. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. You got you to give yourself to your ministry for it to come to pass. Amen. It's something that the Lord will do if you're faithful. He'll open doors. Hallelujah. He'll speak to others about your call and begin to deal with others to give you opportunities. Amen. They'll see it and confirm the call and the anointing on your life and be led of the Lord to give you opportunities to develop that gift. 
Somebody said, well, I don't have any opportunities. Well, are you being faithful to prepare? Amen. Get your marriage in order. Did I actually say it? Get your marriage in order. Amen. Amen. Deal with that lust of the flesh. Deal, deal with that pornography. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, anyhow, tell your neighbor he's preaching better than you're amening. Praise God. Now, it comes by Jeremiah 1, 4. It comes by the word of the Lord. Now, he said, I ordained thee and I sanctified thee. Do you see that? Sanctified means to uh, separate. Separate. In other words, set apart from common use to special use in the things of God. And in this case, it was the prophet's office. Now, let's go to a couple of verses at 1 Corinthians 12. Let's just uh, remind ourselves of some things. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 says this in verse number 28 talking about the, the, well, let's go back to verse 1, actually. Verse 1, 1 Corinthians 12, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, gifts is italicized, and in the Hebrew, or excuse me, the Greek, gifts is plural. So we'd say, concerning spirituals, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Now what are spirituals? They're things that pertain to the Holy Ghost. So I don't want you to be ignorant concerning things that pertain to the Holy Ghost. And he lists nine manifestations of the Spirit. We call them uh, uh, the uh, spiritual gifts. Then he lists uh, God putting us into the body as it pleased Him in verse 12 through 27. And then he said in verse 28, God hath set some in the church. Some are set in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, and he goes through a list of ministries again. But notice he said God hath set some, not all, some. And notice man doesn't set. God does this. Amen. Then Ephesians 4.11, we have a similar uh, statement or, or similar language, I guess you could say. Ephesians 4, I think earlier I said 5, but it's 4. 4.11, verse uh, 11 of Ephesians chapter 4. Then he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. He gave some. He gave some. He gave. In other words, man doesn't call. Man doesn't anoint. God calls. God anoints. God sets. God gives these ministry gifts. It's a heavenly calling. Amen? Not man. There's a vast difference between God setting someone in an office and man setting someone in a church position. Down through history, religious organizations have done things in the flesh. You understand? Trying to put people in, in positions through different, you know, and even today. Religious organizations, they'll, they'll move a man from this church to that church. High, hierarchists live somewhere and they don't even know about what's going on in the church. They'll just take a man and move him from one church to another church. You understand? That's not being led by the Spirit by a divine call. That's man playing church games. Amen. God sets people as it pleases Him. Hallelujah. So, uh, you know, doing things in the flesh will get you in trouble. You can't manufacture a calling in the flesh or an anointing. That's unscriptural. In fact, it's dangerous. You can die prematurely trying to usurp an office you're not called to. Amen. You don't enter the ministry or any phase of it because someone said you should. If you don't know for yourself within your own spirit that you have received a divine call, then you will have nothing to hold you steady in the tough times. That's the reason 
It's good for people to get these things worked out between them and God in their own spirit. Amen. Amen. Knowing that you know that you're divine, divinely called settles the matter once and for all and keeps you from being confused on the subject. You see, you need to be able to look back at a, at a time. If, if you're going into the ministry, I'm not talking about everybody, but if you're going into the ministry, you need to be able to look back at a time whenever you've settled it. Yeah. Yeah. Either because of a divinely granted visitation of some sort or just God dealing with you in your heart. You just knew it on the inside. Amen. And you need to record those times and you need to keep on going back over them, refreshing your, your, yourself in it. Talk to God about it. Let Him talk to you about it because it'll build your faith. You need faith to fulfill the call. Faith comes by hearing. So when you hear, then you know you're settled on the subject. Amen. Seeing a need is not a call to ministry. It's fine to endeavor to meet the needs of others, but don't consider that the same thing as the call. If you get uh, seeing needs and fulfilling needs in front of the call, you're going to be unfaithful to that call, and, and you don't have the bandwidth to do everything for everybody. You looked around at how many needs there are? You can't fulfill one-tenth of one percent of all the needs there are. Amen. So don't follow needs. Follow the call. Amen. See, people come in and they ask sometimes, they come new to the church, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Because we don't have the bandwidth to do everything. We've got to do what God told us to do. You know what I mean by bandwidth? We don't have the measure of faith to do it. Besides that, we're not called to do everything. If, we, if I was called to do everything in the body of Christ, then God doesn't need any of you. And that's just nothing but stinking pride. Some, kind, some preachers have the idea, you don't need anybody else, just listen to my tapes, you'll be blessed, so forth. That's a lie. Amen. That's a lie. Amen. Paul didn't think that way. He said, he said he had need of all these ministry offices. He's the lead minister of his day. He said, I have need of all these other ministries. He said, I need all these ministries that we all might come to the, to the fullness of the measure of Christ. He's including himself. He said, I need everybody else. Amen. Besides that, you don't want to have to stand before God and give an account for everything. You just want to give account for what you're supposed to do. Amen. Amen. And so don't be following needs. Seeing a need is not a divine call. Amen. If you follow needs, you'll get in the way of somebody else who's supposed to do that. Besides that, then you'll be unfaithful to what God called you to do. The call of God is holy, and it's to be reverenced. Amen. You can't make yourself a ministry gift. In fact, it's dangerous to try to do so. Or nor should you enter into the ministry because somebody says you're suited for it. It doesn't have anything to do with what you're suited for. If you'd have found me in, in, uh, at about 10 years old and looked at me, you'd have said he ain't suited for anything. I mean, as far as interacting with people. I didn't much like people. I like my dog more than I like people. Amen. Hallelujah. And on another subject, go to Acts chapter number 13 here. Praise the Lord. You getting anything out of this? You, this is a, the, the, somebody said, well, I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't have a call. Hey, thank God for it. Thank God. Woo, go have a party. Thank God for it. If you can do anything else, I insist you go do it. But if you can't within your spirit, then you better obey that call. Amen. Acts 13, we read this. It says here, talking about uh, 
Paul's, uh, well, this isn't his call to the ministry, but it is his uh, separation under one of the phases of it. There was in the church, verse 1, uh, there was in Antioch certain prophets and teachers, lists them. Paul and Barnabas were there. In verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, notice that term, the Holy Ghost said, that must have been, we don't know for sure, but it must have been a word of prophecy because it said the Holy Ghost said. Now you understand possibly he could have just witnessed it to all their hearts, but really that's not what it said. It says the Holy Ghost said something. Holy Ghost said, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul. Uh, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. I have called them. Now what I want you to see here is, I believe personally, I believe this is a word of prophecy, the way it's, the way it's worded here. Uh, but uh, we see here that a word came about a divine call, didn't it? Isn't that right? Now, but we really have to realize in this that the prophecy did not carry the call. It simply confirmed what God already had spoken to them about. Whereunto I have called them. Paul and Barnabas, we have record of his call, but let's talk about Paul. Paul had been called all the way back there in the book of, I mean, the, the book of Acts, the, uh, the ninth chapter, when he's on the road to Damascus. I don't know if he's riding a donkey, but we talk about he was struck, struck by a bright light and fell off his donkey. Yep. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> Hallelujah. You still awake? How about over here? Y'all still awake? But that call came back there in Acts 9. That call didn't come in Acts 13 to the office of the apostle. Because if you read, that's what they're getting ready to separate into, the office of the apostle. First time they're called apostles is in the next chapter. But before that, Paul was only a teacher and a prophet. Or let me rephrase that, a prophet and teacher. And so now they're moving from that into additional ministry assignment, and that is the work of an apostle. Now we've covered the ministry offices to a degree. We're going to cover them in these Bible school classes. But here they're going into the next phase. And a prophecy confirmed it. It did not call them to it. God had called them to it, especially Paul. We know uh, way back there in Acts chapter number 9. God had already spoken to Paul about it in Acts chapter number 9. So what I'm trying to say is we got to be very, very careful here. I'm talking about prophesying to others about being called to the ministry. You don't go into the ministry because somebody prophesied you should. If you don't have it in your own spirit and what's prophesied doesn't confirm what you already have in your own spirit, then uh, either put it on the shelf or throw it away. You understand what I'm talking about? You don't go into ministries because someone else called you, because your mother called you, your praying grandmother said you should. It's a, it's a divine heavenly call. You better not go out without it. If you have the divine call, you'll have a conviction within your own spirit. Amen. You'll have the witness in your own heart. And prophecy might come to confirm that. But if prophesying doesn't confirm what you have in your own spirit, just forget about it. Amen. God deals with us about these things in our spirit. I mean, live close enough to God to where if He wants you to do something, I mean, He'll get it through to you. Amen. He's an intelligent being. You're an intelligent being. Just stay close to God. Walk in all the light you have. And if, you, if He needs to talk to you, He'll get it through to you. I personally have more confidence in, my, in, in God to get it through to me than I have my ability to hear it. Amen. That's right. Yes, sir. My focus is just staying close enough to God where He can get things across to me. Very true, sir. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
And if he never calls, fine. Fine. Have a party. Rejoice. Do whatever God's called you to do. All of us have something to do in the kingdom of God. Amen. Sometimes people say, well, I, I was out there ministering on the streets and an anointing came on me. That's just called believer's ministry. All believers are supposed to lay hands on the sick and they recover. All believers are supposed to share Jesus, share their testimony, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Either sending or else uh, telling your neighbor about it. Or... Amen. Praise God. So, uh, but we're talking about the full-time five-fold ministry. Now, so he deals with this, these things about it in our spirits because the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, the Bible said. That's where these things come up. Learn to listen to your heart down on the inside because if you do, you'll know some things that otherwise you wouldn't know. Amen. Live close enough to God where you don't have too much carnality for God to have to get through to get to you. Amen. Stay consecrated to God. If he wants to call you, he'll talk to you about it. Praise God. So, now, in uh, Acts 2, 17, he said there is, uh, in the last days, he'll pour out his spirit, and then he talks about your young men will see visions, old men will dream dreams. Amplified says about those visions, divinely granted appearances. That's one way God calls. Sometimes uh, we've seen that here at the church. In fact, I can tell you, uh, uh, there might be more, but I know of about nine different incidents here in the church throughout the years. We've pastored, what, 14 years now? Over, a little over 14 years. Throughout those years, about nine different incidents where people had a divine visitation, caught up to heaven, had a dream about heaven. God, God spoke to them. Yeah. Amen. Different things happen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Now, of the nine, seven of them, listen very carefully, seven of them were concerning a divine call in their life. In other words, these things are not just for entertainment. They have a purpose. They have a purpose. I'm talking about visitations. They're not for entertainment. They have a purpose. Amen. Amen. But if you don't have one of these experiences, are you out there? If you don't have one of these experiences, like we're talking about, these, these visitations or dreams or something like of that nature, don't bother about it. Amen. In other words, if you sense a call, but you haven't had one of these experiences, don't bother about it. Don't let the devil tell you, well, if you were more spiritual like some of these other people, you'd have a divinely granted appearance. Don't you bother about that at all, because if you really understood spiritual things, you would actually rejoice that you haven't had a divine visitation. Amen. Amen. I know that's... See, these, these visitations are dramatic. They are, they are spectacular. They are uh, demonstrative. They have demonstration around them. People fall out. We've seen them. Fall out under the power. Lay there way after service. Don't even know where they're at. In fact, you, you try to pick them up and they're just a limp rag. They're in another place. We've, had, we've seen those things. Amen. Eventually they come back and eventually whenever they get their composure together, it takes them sometimes months. But they eventually start telling a little bit about it. Well, thank God for it. But don't think if you didn't have something like that, all you have is the inner witness. Just an inner urge. You know you're supposed to do something for God. Uh, then uh, don't bother about it if the Lord hadn't done, spoken to you more dramatic. If you know anything about these things, you'll know some of these things are just trying to get people steady about what they're to do because hard sailing is coming. Amen. And if I went through the list of people that have had these experiences, hard times came to every one of them. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes. 
Absolutely. Either yeah. a spouse that <laughs> flaked yeah. out. Yeah. 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 Amen. Left them. Yeah. Are you there? Amen. Yeah. Or tremendous. Some of them aren't even in church today. Yeah. The, the, the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> the enemy. Yeah. See, yeah. That, was, that was to hold them steady. Because yeah. the Lord knew what was coming. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God. God's good. He's trying to get people into what He has for them. Yeah. Hallelujah. So, but if you don't have that, and, 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 uh, but all you have is the inner witness. See, Brother Hagin went into the ministry not out of any kind of divine visitation. He went into the ministry just because of the inner witness. Later he had divine visitations about what he was already getting into because of just following the witness. But you realize, just even a, oh, okay, these people, they had a more dramatic experience, a great visitation from heaven, went to heaven and saw angels and Jesus. That's because their call is greater than mine. That's a bunch of hogwash. It's a bunch of hogwash. Brother Hagin went into the ministry, one of the greatest ministers of our time, and just simply followed the inner witness. Amen. That's how he got started. Yes, sir. Amen. Remember, he said, remember, I was a little boy, I a peacher. Yeah. And whenever he got back, remember, he went to hell, and, and Jesus brought him back, and he said he got saved. And he said right from then, he knew he was called to the ministry. Jesus never said anything to him about it whenever he went to hell and had that experience. Later, he talked to him about it. Later, whenever he talked to him, he said, I called thee and anointed thee from my mother's womb. I separated thee from thy mother's womb. Satan has desired to destroy your life many times. Remember that? Yes, sir. But he didn't talk to him about it way back there when he got started in the ministry. He's in the ministry probably 15, 20 years before he had that visitation. Yes, Amen. Amen. Just follow the inner witness. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank God for the inner witness. Thank God for the inner witness. Now, if somebody prophesies, fine. If it bears witness with you, but if it doesn't, throw it out. Amen. God deals with us about these things in our hearts. Now, I had a divinely grand appearance as eight years old. The Lord spoke to me. But that doesn't mean anything other than he just wanted to get through a hard head. Amen. I wasn't really following that. I actually forgot about it. When I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I was following that divine urge to, to learn about the Bible and, and, and actually to go to Bible school and so forth and so on. I'll just be honest with you. I forgot about the experience till later. Amen. Hallelujah. There's just this unseen pull, as I've said. The call puts a summons on the inside of you, a summons to a destination. And sometimes your head doesn't even know what it is. I don't understand people not sure. If you're in fellowship with God, you ought to be sure. If you're not sure, then don't. Because you're just going on supposition. Supposition isn't going to hold you steady. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, uh, I suppose if I got away from God, I could, I could doubt the call. But I've been through some rough times. I mean, I've been through, uh, back in 1999, through to coming up to here, I was unwilling for three years there. I know you've always been willing, but I just... And it got rough. It got rough. What was I unwilling about? Not, not ministry, about the, what God wanted me to do in yes, ministry. Yes, See, there's specifics to the call. Yes, God might call you to one or another office. You yes, know. Yes, but I was unwilling about the office of pastor. But so... Uh, but, but I never, and through those hard times, those tough times, I mean, it got tough. People say it's hard to serve God. No, it's hard to disobey. That's what's hard. Amen. God pays and takes good care of you in obedience. You just don't know it. That's your problem. You just don't know it yet. Hard head. Anyway, praise the Lord. 
I'm the, I was the same way, so don't get mad at me. <laughs> Amen. God's bringing us a congregation of hardheads so we can all become soft hearts, you know. <laughs> but anyway, I was, uh, I was, uh, I had that experience, but uh, hallelujah. Where was I at? I was talking to you about that experience. I was unwilling in, during those. That was hard. But not during one time, not during, well, not one time during those hard times that I ever even entertained the thought. In fact, the thought never came to my mind. To be honest with you. Never really came to my mind. Maybe just a, a fleeting like, and I knew I ain't, I ain't even reality. Not one time did the thought come to me that maybe I'm not called to the ministry. I had settled that. So you got to settle it. Settle it if you are, settle it if you aren't. Just settle it. And whenever you settle it, the devil don't beat you up about it. He can't. You settled it. That's the problem with so many people. They haven't settled it. They haven't committed to whatever God said do and just settled it. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. Amen. So, praise God. Y'all getting anything out of this? Praise God. You ought to be able to point back to a time when the Lord called you, whenever you settled it within your own heart and mind. I mean your heart and your mind. Tell your neighbor heart and mind. Amen. You got to make up your mind. I'm going to do what God said. Praise God. So you don't want to go just without being sent because the devil will beat you up when hard times come. Hallelujah. There is a divine call. The method of one's call is not important. Obedience is important. <clears throat> now, like I said, throughout the Bible, these, these men uh, had these experiences. Uh, some of them had divine calls by a visitation, some by prophecy, but not all of them. But in Acts chapter 13, there was prophecy. Let's talk about prophecy a little bit more. Would that be all right? I believe that was prophecy. The, Lord, the Holy Ghost said, said, didn't say he witnessed. It says he said, said. So there was a, a message from the Lord through the Holy Ghost. Uh, but uh, prophecy is, according to uh, this passage, is not what called these men. Isn't that right? It confirmed what they had in their own spirits. Now, the call, in other words, God does not call through prophecy. I don't know of anybody in the Bible who's called through prophecy. They were called by God in their own life, between them and God, yeah. and sometimes prophecy yeah. confirms it. Right. Yeah. Amen. You understand that? Yes, yep. How many of you know prophecy comes through imperfect vessels? Right. Yes. All humans are imperfect vessels. Uh, prophecy is not just, somebody said, well, if it was the Lord, it would be right, wouldn't it? Yeah, but He's manifesting through imperfect vessels. That's right. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, sir. All of us. Yes, sir. All of us can miss it. Yes, sir. Amen. Any of us can say something that the Holy Ghost didn't say. Absolutely. Amen. Maybe we just thought, maybe it seemed like. Yeah. But see, prophecy is not thought like, seemed like. Amen. Prophecy is thus saith the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So you need to understand. Just some going over some things we need to understand. Is that all right? Paul said here, uh, the ministry of the Spirit said, I should say to Paul, I have called them. So men don't call. It's a heavenly calling. God's business, not my business. Amen. Tell your neighbor, it's not God's business what God does in my... Excuse me. Tell your neighbor, it's not your business what God does in my life. Amen. The Lord said to me one time back years ago when I was struggling with my own call. If you can handle it. 
You still ready? We'll, get, we'll let you out here in a few minutes. But he said to me, he said, I didn't, uh, man didn't call you, I called you. He said, whether man's pleased or not, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's what I'm pleased to do. I didn't ask man if I could call you. Hallelujah. And he said, if I called you, I authorize you to stand in this office. He said, whether man's pleased or not is not your business. It's whether I'm pleased or not. And to be honest with you, it's pretty bold. I just, I just gave you 10% of it. It's long. <laughs> Shaking me up a while. Oh, it helped me so much. Praise God. I'm not going to answer to a man for the call. I'm going to answer to God for the call. Well, that's right, Pastor. You better do what God said. Yeah, just like you. Do what God said. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's my job to believe what the Spirit said. That's what he was trying to get me to do. Believe what I'm saying to you. Brother Hagin said the second phase of his ministry, the Lord appeared to him after the end of it, I believe it was, and said, uh, and started talking to him about his ministry and said, now, you were disobedient in the second phase. Amen. How many of you know the Lord doesn't just come and say, oh, oh uh, all the time, you're just wonderful, you're just wonderful. But sometimes you get corrected. And if you don't, you can't handle it, you're just a child. You're not, you're not an adult yet. But he came to him and said, you disobeyed me in this. You were unfaithful, is the way he said it, in the second phase of your ministry. And he said, here's the reason why. He said, because you didn't believe it was my spirit that spoke to you. I spoke to you about how to minister, and you didn't believe that it was my spirit that spoke to you. Then he said this, something I never forget. The Lord said this to Brother Hagin, but it's true about us. We see it in the Bible, and that's why it's true. But Jesus said to him, he said, faith believes my word, whether it is the written word of God yeah. or it is my spirit that has spoken unto yeah. you as, a, yeah. as spoken Amen. unto man. Yeah. Amen. 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 You have to believe what the spirit's talking to your heart about. Yes, sir. And Jesus had spoken to Brother Hagin in his heart about how to minister. Yes, sir. But Jesus said, you didn't believe it was my spirit that was talking to you. Well, you gotta you gotta settle if it's the Holy Ghost or not. You gotta settle if it's just your own mind, or if it's if somebody else talking to you about it made you think about it. You, know? you gotta settle these things. Well, I just don't know. That's not God's fault. Amen. Spend enough time with God, get get it all clear in your own spirit. Amen. Because you have to believe what the Spirit says to you about your call, and then you have to separate yourself and consecrate yourself to fulfilling it. It doesn't happen automatic. It don't, you don't fulfill it because God called you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Paul told Timothy, meditate upon these things. Told him, meditate on the call. You need to spend time meditating on it, waiting on God. Amen. The Bible talks about, what is it, 2 Peter, 1 Peter, wherever it is. He said, let they that minister, let them wait on their ministry. You need to spend time in the presence of God just waiting on God about your ministry until the anointing comes on you. Amen. If the anointing doesn't come on you, it's because you're not preparing yourself for it. Amen. I said it. Amen. Amen. We'll talk about that later. Praise the Lord. So, I'm to be faithful. Now, uh, the Bible says unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain to build it. It's not your job to build your ministry. It's your job to be faithful and let Him open doors. And then when He opens doors, you use your faith to go through those doors. Amen. I don't know about you, but if, I wouldn't do this if I were you, Pastor. I come to you and I say, uh, uh, 
would you uh, teach this class for me? I wouldn't say, oh, no, I, I, I don't think I want to. Uh. Yeah. That ain't faith. You still got some waiting to do. Yeah, praise the Lord. How about over here? Y'all still happy? Praise God. So you have to be faithful. <laughs> Amen. Be faithful to the Lord. He'll grow your ministry. Trust Him to bring it to pass as you're obedient, as you're faithful. Trust Him to open doors. Trust Him as you respond to those open doors, then He'll open more doors and get you into all that really He has in mind for you. But you have to be faithful and you have to obey the Spirit. Amen? Let Him build the house. John the Baptist said in John 3, 37, the, uh, said it about Jesus, a man can receive nothing except it's given to him from heaven, talking about the ministry. If God calls you and uh, there will be an anointing that starts creeping, on, creeping through in on you. <laughs> Amen. But you have to receive that and not say, well, I want to do my own thing. I got a plan. I'm going to do this in my life. No, you got to better follow God or else that'll wane. Actually, some people, it wanes so much, they almost start to doubt after a while that they're even called. God did call them, but they didn't respond correctly whenever the anointing started coming on them. Well, I got my own plans. Well, it'll start to wane. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you're really called, when you stand up to teach or preach, you'll be a blessing. Amen. There'll, there'll be something uh, come through whenever you stand up and teach and preach. It won't just be you speaking. There'll be an anointing. Hallelujah. There's a difference between just giving a good talk and function under the power of God. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 You'll never speak by the power of the Spirit if you're doing something you're not called to. And you'll never speak by the power of the Spirit if you're in your own calling. There's, there, we'll get into that maybe another service. Praise the Lord. So God will, if a man's unfaithful, God will also shut doors. Saul, King Saul in the Old Testament found that out. God called him, but he was unfaithful, so God closed the door on him. Did you hear that? God, Jesus said in Revelation, I'm he that opens doors no man can shut, and shuts doors no man can open. Amen. If you don't respond to it, eventually, or you're unfaithful, eventually God can shut the door on you. Does that mean I won't give an account? Praise God, I won't get, no, 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 you'll still give an account for it. Still give an account for it. Well, it's sober, but tell your neighbor it's what we need to hear this morning. A ministry's candlestick can go out. The book of Revelation says in the second chapter, the fifth verse. A ministry can be re removed from the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 3.17. Well, it's awfully quiet in this Presbyterian church. But if a man's faithful in his ministry, God will promote him into greater anointing. Greater voice in the body of Christ, greater uh, 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 influence in the body of Christ, and make him more and more and more of a blessing. The Lord shall increase you more and more. There's always increase. If you're faithful, you'll keep going into more and more. If you're unfaithful, you, get, you start losing what you even had. Amen. Well, we're preaching to preachers, but it helps all of us. Everybody still happy? I'm almost done. Amen. On the other side of the coin, maybe the reason the Lord hasn't opened the door for you yet to get into your next phase is because uh, you're being proven where you are right now. And that's just fine. Don't get ambitious and try to get into something before God opens the door for you. 
it's fine to be proven where you are. Sometimes we're in a place where the gifting in us doesn't seem to be recognized because we're being proven in a lesser position in order to prepare for greater service. Lord takes more, sometimes where we're going, it takes more consecration to stay there. And so we have to grow enough spiritually to be ready to handle where we're going. Amen. So don't jump out ahead of God and try to get into something that He's not yet, you know, moving you into. He's not yet anointed you or opened the door. Maybe you, see, people can push into things, but God didn't move them into it. And if you push into something, you've got to keep yourself there by the efforts of the flesh, and most people fail there. Amen. You can have something in your heart for years. Maybe God showed you years ago about something that you would eventually stand in in His will, but you're not walking in it yet. Well, don't get out ahead of God. Just be faithful where you are. Amen. Press into where you are. The Lord will promote you when He's ready. Psalm, Proverbs 127.1, Unless the Lord build the house, you labor in vain to build it. You know, you know whenever uh, due season is, don't you? This congregation knows when due season is. Remember He said, in due season you'll reap if you faint not. Due season is always after you thought it was. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor, we're learning this morning. Just because He's shown you the next step of his, what He's called you to doesn't mean you're ready for it yet. You may be called to it, but you're not ready for it yet. And that's fine. Just be all out. Uh, give yourself to a full pre preparation. Don't, don't be lazy about it. Don't delay it. Amen. But whenever He's ready, uh, He'll get you there. He'll talk to you about it. Amen. There may be some things that need to be worked out of you. You're still here maybe work, need to be worked out of you so that you are ready for that ultimate plan God has for you. That high calling. That ultimate that He has for you. Maybe there's some things that if you uh, don't get them out of you, whatever, pride, selfish ambition, wrong motives, could be a lot of different things. If you don't get them out of you, then, uh, then you'll never be able to fulfill what God's actually called you to. So God will take the opportunity in a lower, lesser position to skim some of that off. Deal with that. Deal with that insecurity. Amen. We got people that they're in health ministry around here that we all the time are trying to get them to step out, not draw back, draw back, draw back. And I just get about ready to get a boot in their butt. Because it's irritating. Well, we'll see. We just lost the crowd. Did you feel that? If God's called you, step on up. Yes. Flow with that anointing. Yes. Praise God. Praise God. Let's just wrap this thing up with one more thing here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor we're getting it. You also have to know that when God calls, you can't be a jack of all trades and master of none. Amen. There is a specific, let's put it this way, specificity, is that the right word? To, to a call. Spe yeah, there, there's, yeah. Miss <laughs> Wise will be proud of me this morning here. She's my English teacher in high school. But uh, there's, there, you're going to start out just generally knowing you're supposed to be in the ministry, and you won't have the specifics. But as you go, God will start dealing with you and start narrowing it down, what you're to be doing. Yes. Yes. 
It's all right to just start out general doing whatever. I mean, if you sense a call, just find wherever you can find to put your hand to, put your hand to it. I mean, if a door opens, you uh, just the cra crack in a door opens an opportunity to preach or teach, just stick your foot in it. Amen. We might say, we want you to go and preach to the youth Wednesday night. Don't look at us and say, well, God hasn't called me to youth. <laughs> Come on, preach it, Dad. Come on, preach it. The door opens a crack. Stick your foot in it. Just go on through it. That's right. See, and the, when you start out, you just, you, you, yeah. just, you just start out generally going a direction generally. Yeah. And as you go, God will tailor it down, tailor it down. And uh, because he doesn't need people that are jack of all trades and master of none. Jesus' own earthly ministry wasn't, now this might sound strange to some people, but, but Jesus, I'm, I'm quoting Jesus here. People think, well, he's called to the whole world. Now, wait a minute. Whenever he was on the earth, I'm talking about his earthly ministry. He said, I am not called, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's right. That's what he did. Yes, sir. Jesus didn't go into Corinth. He didn't go into Ephesus. See, that's the Gentile world. Where did he stay? Right in, in Judea. Right in where, where that. Now, now, somebody said, but his call was to the whole world. Yeah, whenever he died on the cross, he, he was dying for the whole world. But I'm talking about his earthly teaching and preaching ministry in the office of a prophet. Actually, all the office, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That earthly ministry, say yes, earthly ministry. Earthly ministry. I'm not talking about now. I'm not talking about the cross. Right. That's for the whole world. Right. But his earthly ministry said, I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, he got real specific on his call. But that earthly ministry to Israel spread all over the world. Didn't it? Paul said God's call to him was to the Gentiles. Peter's call was to the Jews. Amen. Now, occasionally they'd minister to others. Even Jesus one time ministered to a Gentile. But that was because of their faith. But that wasn't what he emphasized. Amen. See, find out what you're spiritually called to do and stick with that. Stop trying to be a jack of all trades. Now, now when you start out, it's different than that, you understand. But as you go, you've got to tailor it down. Amen. Amen. Some people just do certain things because it's, it's, it's uh, because of their background. Like I know one minister tried to have prison and jail ministry because he had been in prison and jail. Fell flat on his face. Somebody said, shouldn't we preach to those in prison? Yeah. But God had another calling for him. Amen. So finally, Dad Hagen pulled him aside and said, now, wait a minute. You're just trying to do that because that's where you were. Your call is over in this office. And when he got that right, his ministry started flourishing. Now he's known all over the United States. We got to learn that. I said, we got to learn that. Are you learning anything? Hallelujah. So uh, we, we're not a jack of all trades. We don't just do what our background says we should do. Amen. Uh, or do things because others are doing them. you got to be careful about that. Amen? Some ministers are, or in fact too many ministers, are in the wrong ministerial position because fate took them there and they don't know what else to do. Circumstances dictated that they go back to doing this or go back to doing that, and they're out of their call. That's dangerous. I said, that's dangerous. Hallelujah. We'll close. Everybody say, we're almost done. 
When he called me as a young boy, he said, go tell my people I'm coming soon. Well, shouldn't we preach to the sinners? Absolutely. Paul said to Timothy, a pastor, he said, do the work of an evangelist. That's what we do, and we have daycare. We, we invite the daycare parents in, have these big, big events. This whole, whole place is packed, jammed full, and we always give an altar call, don't we? But see, when Jesus called me, that's doing the work of an evangelist. Anybody can get people saved. I'm sure if you're not called to get people saved, yet you get somebody saved, the Lord will forgive you when you get to heaven. <laughs> We're all called to get people saved. But yet, right on the other hand, I can't be always emphasizing preaching to the lost. He said to me, go tell my people, my people. My, my ministry is to his people. Preparing them, getting them ready for his return. That's my ministry. Amen. Amen. So you got to know, are you called to the world, to evangelism? Are you called to the people of God? Are you called to pastor a church? Are you called to the body of Christ at large? You got to settle. Eventually, you got to start settling these things and, and, and whittling it down through your prayer life. Amen. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Eberly's ministry, please visit us on Facebook at Jay Eberly Ministries. Email us at info at eberlyministries.org or call us at 319-366-2147. And remember, God prepares the man to fit the mantle, not the mantle to fit the man. Thank you.